Super Duty Tough Work. Good morning. What's up? Early morning edition. We here, folks. Yeah, they like savings time edition. Don't don't forget to set your joints back. <laughs> forward, actually. Forward. Don't forget to set your joints forward. We're speaking to you from the future right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, daylight savings, man. It's spring. But it snowed outside. Right. Like, it's been 70. It's, we've been hitting 70s, like, every since week. February. Yeah, every yeah. week. We got, like, two days where it's, like, 60 or 70. Yep. This last week, 30. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was supposed to snow. Me neither. I woke up I woke this up, morning. Looked yeah. outside like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for spring. To spring. Yeah. You know, I feel real good about life. You know, we've been getting healthy and whatnot. Right, right. This is your weekly reminder that we are still in the midst of the 90-day health is wealth challenge. So if you are home, you know, our fitness challenge is still on. You can still join us. You can still get right. You know, brothers is out here losing this weight. You know, I think I'm down 8.4, 8.4. You know, I've been stuck on the same pound for like a week. Just, <laughs> yeah, I lost I lost two more. I'm 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 up to eight. Yeah. Eight. I, I've yeah. been stuck like like this same number. I just can't get over this next hump. It's like mm. golly, I've been there for seven days. Can't can't get to that next number. So uh but I'm gonna keep keep at it. And keep going and see if I can get that. But I will say this though, you know, motherfucker did two hundred push ups, two hundred sit ups last night. Nice. Do you know what I'm nice. saying? Like I might not be losing the weight, but a motherfucker getting right and tight. I can say that. I'm seeing a little <laughs> bit of definition, just little right. creases in yeah. my joint, little ones. Yeah. yeah. You know. So uh, if you're at home, we encourage you to keep going, keep going. You know. I think we probably still got well over a month and a half or so to go. Mm. Uh, so continue. Uh, let me think of what else we need to do this uh you know this week's episode is sponsored by hugo monster and his new album trial and error which is due out march 31st 2023 nice as the title suggests trial and error record about just doing things not overthinking it living life being experimental with your music um going out there and just making it happen. There's no guarantees in this shit. But, you know, if you don't try, you're going to fucking lose. Mm -hmm. The album is produced by Pavo. You know, and it's the kind of rugged boom bap that we here mm -hmm. at Super Duty Tough Work fuck with. Yep. Rugged rhymes as well. Y'all know what it is. You know, standout tracks. I wrote down a few. Mm -hmm. Halfway Woke. Ill Intentions, which I'm pretty sure has a vocal sample of me in the back saying, mm. tell them. <laughs> Hugo will have to confirm that with us. But I thought that was us. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it's just like, say it again with the people in the back. And I just hear, tell them. <laughs> tell them. Like, that's me, man. I think that's me. You know what I mean? Funny. Talking to you. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the third uh, standout uh, features our own Illogic. It's a track called Anybody Out There. The logic, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you can pre-order Trial and Error right now at HugoMonster.com, H-U-G-O-M-O-N-S-T-E-R.com. He's got packages with CDs, cassettes, stickers, 
and hoodies. Support this man. We appreciate him supporting the podcast through his sponsorship. And uh, we encourage you to support him. Now, today's show. I made a tweet about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And the tweet was titled, Don't worry, producers. AI is coming for you next. Man, that tweet ended up going viral. It was on a lot of spots. Some people were offended. Some people understood where I was coming from. And it was like, he's right. You know, I don't necessarily uh, consider myself a a futurist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nor am I like a guy who, who dreads the past. I like to live in the now. But my understanding, and Elijah can attest to this, our understanding of computer science makes us look at some situations a little differently. Yes. We have friends and colleagues within fields and in certain trenches that are involved in technologies that the general public doesn't know about or that are already there and are invisible to them. Yes. And we want, and, and one of those things is production. AI is coming for production. Doesn't mean you're going to be out of a job. Doesn't mean that the producer will be no more or that making original things. It doesn't mean you can do everything you can do, but there are some developments involving AI and music in general that we need to start talking about as music producers, because it can, this technology can shape the current landscape and dictate the future of this shit. And so this episode is called the end of sampling as we know it. No. <laughs> Sounds very grim. I know. Very grim. You know, we have an article we're going to read. And then we're going to, you know, talk about it. And then we're going to give you guys some, uh, some pointers on how to kind of avoid this coming uh, change of direction. Or I'll call it a, a, an adjustment period that we're going to have in yeah. music. And uh, we'll take a break. And we'll be right back. Where? We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come close to. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, we are back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, Logic. you know, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth, doing what we do every week, you know. Uh, this week's topic is the end of sampling. 
Ah, mm. it's a it's a very uh, provocative title. I know. <laughs> I had to get y'all with the provocation this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, it's something to think about. And uh, this, uh, let me uh, before we continue. Just as a reminder, this week's episode sponsored by Hugo Monster's new album Trial and Error is pre-ordering right now on. HugoMonster.com. He's got cassette packages, CD packages, stickers, hoodies, the whole nine. Bandcamp pre-order his album. Comes out March 31st, the end of this month. Illogic is featured on it. It's produced by Pavo. You know, it's got a vocal sample from your boys on there. Got bars from Illogic, rugged beats, rugged rhymes. Support this man. The title of the record is Trial and Error. Now, to this topic. The end of sampling. This article I'm going to read is called Google's AI can now reveal hidden samples. This article is from music3.0.com. And it goes like this. The sound of modern music is based on samples. Many times they're legitimately licensed, credited or purchased, but there's still a lot that are used without permission. This is easily accomplished by shifting the pitch or using the many modulators and saturator plugins that are available to make the sound virtually unrecognizable from its original form. Those days may be over, however, as the clever use of Google's AI assistant is revealing many samples for the first time. Back in the early days of sampling, I was working with a famous DJ whose secret sauce was taking tracks from artists from small foreign countries, then digitally manipulating the crap out of them. It was a great strategy that kept his licensing costs down to zero, but it certainly didn't help the artists and songwriters who could have used a little extra boost in the pocketbook. Even as the years went on and management teams and labels became much better at spotting unlicensed samples, I'm not sure if his ruse was ever discovered. But that was before AI came along to lend a helping hand. A happy accident. Now, thanks to some clever sampling sleuths, Google's AI can detect a sample as little as a half second long that's even been chopped and time stretched. That's because even though Google Assistant uses the same fingerprinting technology as Shazam, its deep neural network is miles ahead when it comes to sample identification. To be clear, sample detection was never an intended job for Google Assistant. Its ability was found by accident. A sample hunter by the name of DJ Pasta figured out a way to feed audio directly into the Google AI and was surprised when it identified every song. After digging deeper, he discovered that it could also uncover the samples used as well. Just like that, a new use for the technology was found. There are ramifications. A few things come to mind about what might happen in the future as a result of Google sample detection. First of all, it's going to make it easier for labels and managers to uncover unlicensed samples. You can bet that they already have teams scouring hits of the past 25 years trying to track down some money makers. There's lots of legal action coming down the pike. Probably more ominous is the fact that YouTube's content ID 
and the similar technologies that every social and content platform uses will eventually utilize something similar to Assistant in the future. When that happens, it will be way tougher to upload unlicensed material and probably impossible to upload cover songs as well. That will open up a whole can of worms of validating songs that have licensed content, which is a pain already. Music AI is definitely here to stay. And just like Google's a just like Google AI's ability to discover hidden samples, we're only scratching the surface of what the technology can be used for. Jeez. Logic, what do you think? You look sad over there. <laughs> Sick. He over there, just his face, his whole demeanor, just went to the dumps. That's how I was reading. Your whole body language changed, brother. How you feeling? Why? Why can't we just have fun, man? Why? Why it gotta be? You know? Why it gotta be like that? Uh. Why it gotta be like that? AI, hey, Google. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. It's it sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sucks. It's been it's been something that. I've been thinking about for a long time anyway. I'm just trying to teach myself to play more instruments, using more percussive stuff, chopping the hell out of stuff, but it sounds like that's not going to matter anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it sucks for producers that are mainly sample based and can't, you know, aren't classically trained pianists. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, it's, it's dark days ahead, man. <laughs> Winter is coming. Winter right. is coming. Right. You know, I'm sorry, y'all. I hate to be grim this week, man. You know, look, it pains me to say this because, you know, I'm sample boy. Like, I am the sampling guy. Like, shit. All of my biggest records prior to, like, 2011, prior to Adventures, was all sample-based. Yeah. You know? And there's a lot of my catalog that when they come knocking, <laughs> your boy might be in trouble. <laughs> I'm be hiding under the bed when they come knocking, my brother. Facts. You know, but it's it's real. This is something that I I there was a point like when when I got a, a smartphone. The first time I saw that app Shazam, I said that thing over. Mm-hmm. It's been like, a nice run, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, they coming. They coming. <laughs> they coming. It may not be now. It may be 10, 15 years, maybe 20. Who knows? But they coming. And what you and I know about computer programming and what we know about this shit is that every sound is just a collection of bits and bytes. Every sound wave is just like a fingerprint. They're coming with technology now where they can take the vocals off of these things based on their sonic fingerprint, based on the frequencies that it it's at. That tells you right there that the, the, the technology is getting sophisticated enough to catch all of the techniques that we are employing. Mm. And many of us, you know, we from the school where this stuff is just, you know, uh, it's just uh, loops. It's not it's not heavily, uh, you know, chopped up or nothing like that. Or even manipulated because the ma technology was was different back then. So, yeah. A lot of a lot of samples were just looped up and maybe time stretched. You know what I'm saying? Like if that because time that. stretching, time stretching has come a long way as well. So, you know, we come from a time when it was loops 
mm-hmm. drum breaks. Yeah. You know, that's it. Filtered loops for the bass line. Yeah. That was the beat. You know what I'm saying? Like now we have more technology that can manipulate samples more, but the way this is sounding, that ain't gonna matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's something we definitely have to start thinking about as producers. You know, of those of you who make music, I'm not here telling you not to sample. I'ma still sample. Because, you know, you Elijah and I talked about this off air about and he asked the question, I wonder if they're gonna come for the smaller guys with this. My response was, it's really about the math to them. People who get sued for samples, it's never about who sampled it. I mean, it's, it's about how big it is, right? Yeah. I could sample the same record that Elogic samples, that DJ Premier samples. Who's going to be more likely to get sued? Premier. Mm-hmm. Not just because he's more popular, but also... Because they know that he got the ability to pay. All this shit comes down to math. These labels, these 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 people who go out and specifically hunt for people who are, you know, they be on who sampled all day, mm-hmm. getting their lawsuits off of that. When they go through that, they are looking at that artist profile and saying, oh, you sampled my thing. Let me see how many YouTube views you got. Mm-hmm. Let me see how many Spotify plays you're getting every month. Mm-hmm. Let me see uh, what kind of visibility you got. Let me see where you, uh, what your fan base look like. How many Instagram followers? They are looking at all of this. How long you've been doing it? Are you at? Are, and they're determining: Can I sue him for enough to where it justifies paying to file the lawsuit and to pay the lawyer? Yep. That's all they care about. They might only sue and, and they'll come get you for 10,000. Mm-hmm. Trust me, we've been there because they perceive if they perceive you to be a group that's capable of paying 10,000, you paying 10,000 yeah. or else it's going to go to court and you could lose even more. That's all they care about. They want enough to pay that lawyer's retirement for, for filing that paperwork to get their bread, to get their shit back in order and send that message. That's it. They're not trying to be chasing broke artists around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not going to chase you around. And so I don't want the artists who are not big to be losing sleep over this. Not yet. At the beginning of your career, just make what you feel. But keep this in mind. That at some point you could become big as you start to ascend. You're going to have to have a strategy for any sample music you got in your catalog because the technology has changed, man. Scary. And so in this episode, we didn't want to keep it all grim. Mm-hmm. We wanted we say we we mentioned you need to have a strategy. And so we're gonna talk about some strategy things in this episode. Things that you can do to avoid the uh sample clearance apocalypse. <laughs> purge, the sample purge. <laughs> That AI will bring upon us the cold winter that is off into the horizon that you can see, you know, winter is coming, my friends. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to take a break and we'll get back and we'll talk about some of these strategies. Work. What's up, everybody? Got some big news to share with you all today. I'm proud to announce that for the first time, I will be opening up my artist coaching and consulting services to the public. 
I have been doing it for several years behind the scenes, helping artists and small businesses achieve their goals, but it's never been something that I made publicly available, nor anything that I promoted until now. So if you're an artist or a small business owner, I'm now available to be booked for one-on-one -on -one sessions designed to help you achieve your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. If this is something that you're interested in, email me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get the ball rolling from there. I look forward to working with you all. Peace. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you as a listener or watcher of this podcast need to absolutely own. The first is the 10 traits of successful hip hop artists. And the second is the social media cheat code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 traits of successful hip hop artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media, but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. Ah, okay, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, Logic. We're talking about the end of sampling. First segment, you know, you heard it. We read an article that was titled, Google's AI Can Now Reveal Hidden Samples. Now, we haven't tested this technology to see what it can do. I'd love to see this technology uh, with some things that maybe we made mm -hmm. and see if it can find those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I did. I did read something where uh, they used this technology and there was like samples that Mad Lib had used and chopped the hell up mm -hmm. and nobody knew what, you know, samples he had used for the records. And they put it through this technology and it found. It oh, found yeah. All the, yeah. It found all the joints that he and it was like obscure. Like, oh, yeah. That's weird. the thing about Mad Lib. Yeah. Like Mad Lib to me as a producer, this is such a sidebar, but Mad yeah. Lib to me as a producer is not a guy who chops a lot. Right. He His loops. strength is in the records. He is a hell of a digger. Like mm -hmm. he finds shit that you be like, where the fuck? It'd be 20 years later, you just be stumbling on that record. Like, right. Or learning about the genre, the little niche of records he was sampling. Like, oh, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. where he got that. But yeah, yeah, guys like him could be in trouble. Yeah, Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're coming for all of that. They're coming yeah. for all of that, man. You yeah. know, so uh, let's talk about ways to kind of avoid some of these problems. 
And the first one is obvious, and that is less looping, more chopping. Now, while these these things can detect um, uh, segments of music, like they said in there, half a second, half a second in terms of chopping is a pretty long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That might be half a bar, you know what I mean? Or, or, or a quarter note, more than a quarter note. So it's like some of us chop more than that. If you're into micro chopping, if you're into moving it around, uh, really, really manipulating it, you're going to have less likely of a chance to get pop for this shit. But looping in general, you should be very careful with that. You know, because this is based on just like every wave file has a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And whether you and, and just like you can pitch it up. They can detect yeah. it, pitch it up and pitch it down to its original choice and, and find all these combinations. So number one thing is less cho- less looping more chopping yeah i'm more of a chopper anyway i don't yeah. loop a lot yeah um but this is really making me happy that i i do you know chop because i'll chop some of the shit you know what i'm saying yeah. to where you don't even know you hear the original and you're like what you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i'm a looper. so yeah yeah you are you are yeah. you are <laughs> You know, I mean, I had my joints like you and I were talking about that joint on RTA, like off the air yeah. a couple weeks ago. That uh, and you was like, "What the fuck?" But I just like when a, a loop is just fire. I'm just like, "Why do I need to chop this up?" Yeah. Uh, you need because of this shit. This is why. This, <laughs> this is why. why. Yeah, this, this is, why. is exactly why. I now have the answer to that. <laughs> the eternal question of why do I need to chop this up if it sounds great like it is? Uh, mm. Winter's coming. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> So that's number one number two thing you can do to avoid problems is what i like to call the late reveal mm. what you notice about whether it's content id or these things is like what a lot of hip-hop songs start off as is just the loop playing mm-hmm. the the song format of hip-hop is very predictable we had that loop playing be like oh think about like far side passing me by think about the majority of dope hip-hop songs have just the loop playing the first four bars mm-hmm. then the drums come in then the rhyming come in you're like ah. Oh! but um that formula will get you in a lot of trouble man yeah like the sooner you reveal that sample especially at the beginning it's gonna get you like anytime the content id caught me slipping on some shit on youtube like if we ever played audio in one of these episodes mm-hmm. it's because of that yeah. It's because a beat or something we played or a song we might have played was uh, the, the beginning of it was there. And it started like 90 percent of hip hop songs start. Yeah. No drums, just a loop. Yeah. I got a joint um, on transition that starts out with the part that I chopped up. So it plays the entire piece that I chopped mm-hmm. in the beginning of the song. And then it goes into the song and the song has the chops in it. So that's. Like I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get hit pretty soon. If, if, <laughs> they gonna smack the shit out of me for that one. Hey, look, I got a song right now, uh, "True Vision" off of Respect mm. the Architect. I don't know what happened, but somehow that shit just ain't on my Spotify. I don't know. Oh yeah, they I think yeah, it's, it's dark. Like that very dark. Very yeah. dark. Yeah. and I ain't even fighting it. I'm just like they got me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just leave well enough alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I started with the loop. 
You know what I mean? The breakdown is the most obvious part of the thing. And I don't even rhyme over that part that I played at the beginning, but it's the, the most obvious loop that the song I sample starts with as well. Right. Which is asking for problems, man. Yeah. I should what I should have done instead was what when a smarter thing is to is to arrange a song so where the loop don't start until after the drums start. Yeah. The loop don't start until after you start rhyming. Yeah. When you start rhyming, when the vocals start, because you are you gonna have to make different arrangements that are are like that if you don't want to play this game, you know? Because it's too easy for them when you start with the the loop of the thing that you flipped. And for us in hip hop, it's so tempting because if you even if you look at like a a, a donuts by Dilla, mm-hmm. so many songs in there, he starts with the sample to let you know what he's about to do with it. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of us have gotten to the habit of okay, to show people what I'm doing with it, I'm gonna play the sample first, and then I'm gonna show you. So you can follow it. But that formula is dangerous. You know, that's number two. Number three way to avoid problems. This goes along with number uh, number two is never isolate your loops. If you're going to loop something, chop something, you need either drums playing over it. Or you need vocals playing over it. At all times. Yeah. You might be tempted to put that instrumental out there. Where you got that breakdown in the middle and there's no drums. You might get away with it. You might not. I don't know. All I know is that winter's coming. And if winter's coming, we got to be proactive about this shit. Instrumental records are scary nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to you're gonna have to really, really be on your shit. Mm. Really be on your shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's like something you got to really think about now. Like the sequencing of your tracks. You know, um, what I think should hopefully come back is like the the collage style of beats that we grew up on. Yeah. Bomb Squad kind of. Yeah. Like like even like I was mentioning, like Passing Me By by the Far Side, such Mm -hmm. a collage of sounds and different things from different records. But. You know, a lot of records from those, we don't make records like that. Producers don't make records like that no more. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because, you know, they aren't, I think it was, this is what's going to sound wild. It's like we'd have more records right now, right? You and I have more access to way more records than Cash did back then, but we don't know our records as well as they did back then. Right. It's true. Cause like certain records that I've had where I actually pulled off some dope collage shit for even like producer for you. It was at the point when I only had a thousand records Mm -hmm. and I had sticky tabs on every record. Mm -hmm. I knew my records like the back of my hands. And sometimes I'll revisit the records four or five times. Like I got this thing. It might work. Might not work for the first 10 beats. The one it works for, it fucking is incredible. Yeah. Um, So I think that collage style should hopefully stop this this, uh, isolation type of thing we do where we're just playing the loop by itself. Nothing over it, nothing layered. And even though it sounds fly, AI is just too smart for that. Yeah. It's number three. Number four way to avoid this. And this is one that I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear. Learn how to play instruments. Gets real quiet when I start talking like this. It's not fun. Long faces. (laughs) 
It's not fun. It's not. Practicing is not fun. None of this shit is fun. Your hands be hurting for learning how to play the piano and shit. Your wrist, your carpal tunnel shit. You know, look, it's not fun. Sampling is fun. You know, and I'm not saying that like learning how to play is like, uh, like, like it doesn't take talent to know how to hook up a dope sample. It does. Just right. as much, like it's motherfuckers who can play piano. They can never hook up a beat like we can. Right. Could never hook up a sample to make it like we make it. It's two different skills. But in light of this conversation, that thing that you learned in high school, that instrument you might have played in church, that instrument your pops got in the basement, that guitar that's just sitting there getting dusty, you know, that piano that don't nobody ain't been tuned up in years. Now is the perfect time to start touching that. Yeah given youtube and everything and lessons right at your fingertips you know you you might be able to pick that up put in a year an hour a day see where you at just play around with it to me um the point in which i started learning how to play more revisiting learning how to play more probably around adventures in counterculture era before that around oh six mm -hmm. uh when I got reason and I started kind of messing with sampled stuff that wasn't sampled. And, uh, that is behind the whole creation of adventures and counterculture. Um, but then I, I went back to sampling. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I'm, I'm not always doing that style, but what I learned during that period helps me tremendously now, because now I feel like I'm finally at the point where I can make beats that don't have samples that sound like they got samples. Yeah. Where people are confused. They don't know the difference. Um, but it wasn't overnight. That's a 10 year journey. Um, I, I implore all of you, if, we, if you're in it for the long term, learn how to play something. Mm -hmm. If music is just fun to you and you ain't planning on doing it for a long time, sure, go buy that sample pack, sample that record. <clears throat> but I think you can learn both. You know, learn a sample well will teach you about melody, mm -hmm. you know, and that's an invaluable skill in music. Uh, composition and melody. That's what we've all learned as producers from the records. Right. Um, it's like a crash course in music that's faster than most motherfuckers will ever get. But some of us, we, we need to also augment that with learning how to play. Yeah. Um, one, it's, it's just a good skill to have. You can better understand music too. Get on stage with it. You see your boy be out there with the guitar, with the trombone. Sometimes, you know, I've been to the blueprint experience. Mm -hmm. I know what I do at the live shows. Mm-hmm. But that comes from this whole thing, you know, picking up things that I might have dabbled in and just learning them seriously enough to get on stage with them for a little bit. Or yeah, play if, a little. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm my bad. Um, but if you're, you know, if you at least learn how basic piano, because of our DAWs now, then you have so many instruments at your fingertips. If you just learn how to play piano, if you just, yep. you know, and you all you got to do is learn basic keys, learn basic scales and understand chords a little yep. bit yep. and there's so much that you can do because with our DAWs, you know, all of these synths and all of these, you know, um, VSTs and all that are multiple instruments. So you can learn how to play as long yep. as you learn how to play keys. Basically, then you have, you know, a library of instrumentation at your fingertips. Yeah, it's true. It's true. A lot of my favorite composers out there, guys who play piano, you know, mm -hmm. what I mean, like Bob James, David Axelrod, like you listen to these guys like they're not solo and all on their records like that right but they're guys who play piano and they were composed these epic ass things simply because of that you know 
the list goes on and on. Quincy Jones, like it's like just a piano opens you up to everything else. And so uh, I encourage everybody to do that. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past, we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Are you an artist who has the talent to succeed but has a hard time executing? Do you have the will to win but lack the plan? Are you tired of having great ideas that never come to fruition or starting new projects but never finishing them? If you answered yes to any of these questions, reach out to me at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net to book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're trying to do, and I'll see if I can be of service to you. Have a great day. All right, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint and Logic. We're talking about the end of sampling as we know it. Man, grim topic, but hopefully some of these solutions are hitting you and inspiring you. Um, it's not the end. You know, we say that, um, you know, it's kind of provocative, but look, as I said, it's all about math to these labels. It's all about math. Um, if you're bigger, you already been concerned. You know this already. But for those of you who are on the come up, this might be something you never thought about that you need to probably think about, depending on the trajectory of your career. So we got four more ways, four more things that we want to uh, break down about strategies to get around this. And as a quick reminder, this week's episode is sponsored by Hugo Monster. His new album, Trial and Error, is out March 31st. Pre-order now at HugoMonster.com. Produced by Pavo. You know, uh, guest feature from Logic. Sample your boys, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth. <laughs> rugged Beast, Rugged Rhymes. And uh, yeah, how to avoid this problem. Number five, build relationships with musicians. Yes. This is big. During the era where I was making uh, Adventures in Counterculture, I was out every night, you know what I'm saying, prior to that. So I was in, in clubs, knowing bands. I had a lot of guys who I could tap into to get stuff played. Bass players, piano players, uh, uh, guitar players, like all of that stuff, drummers, you know what I mean? And there's stuff like that on, on the record. But a lot of that came from me just being active in the scene, forming friendships with musicians. And they be like, hey, I got this piece of music I'm working on. Um, would you be willing to come through and, and play some stuff? 
you know, you let them hear what you got going. And that's a way that you can honestly uh, sidestep some of these problems, because whether you're uh, playing originals or something or you're doing an interpolation of something that you like, the rules change when you're playing it yourself. Right. Versus sampling that master recording, which is, excuse me, almost had to sneeze there, which is a whole different conversation itself on copyright. But the the better way to go is to understand musicianship. Be able to speak the language as we spoke about when you can play the keys, you can speak the language to other artists, mm-hmm. other musicians. And it's very important that you be able to do that so that you can create without having to always tap into a record to sample. Yeah. It's not as fun. It can be, you yeah, know, yeah, it can be because if you have somebody come over, just play some stuff or, you know, I have a homie that um, sent me a sample pack, but it's just him playing the guitar. It's yeah. him playing the keys and it's a bunch of samples for me to sample. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, five, five minutes of him playing keys, you know, a couple minutes of him just playing guitar riffs, you know what I'm saying? And shit like that. And knowing people that can do that kind of thing for you and having access to that almost makes it, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's this, you're just not playing a record, you know, you're still sampling. You're just not sampling, you know, the vinyl and you don't get that, that crackle, you know what I mean? But. You can add that these days. You know it's true. Saying? It's true. Yeah. And I'll say this. I'm going to add this on top of that. There is a feeling that is different from making the record, a dope record with a sample, but it's probably more rewarding. And that feeling is when you compose something yourself and you have real musicians play it mm-hmm. and you listen to it and it sounds fire and then you sample that. Mm-hmm. There is no feeling like that. Yeah. There's no feeling like that. Like, to this day, one of my biggest songs is Radio Inactive. Mm-hmm. I wrote that melody. Mm-hmm. I wrote that guitar line. I sent it to a guitarist. He replayed it. Then I went back and chopped it and laid it out and arranged it. There's no feeling like that. Because mm-hmm. that's like, wait a fucking minute. Like, this is some shit that I would sample. Right. It sounds like that. but And technically, I did sample it. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that I started at the beginning. And I think that that's a feeling that a lot of guys who sample don't know yet. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's not fun. Sampling is fun because it's also got the feeling of adventure. Yep. You, you, you search, you know, you, you, you're out there hunting, digging. Yeah. Just to find that one little part. That's that part is you can't beat that part. Mm-hmm. Just li- literally going to record stores and finding shit that no one knows. Got nothing on it. You find it, take it home. It's got some fire on it. Mm-hmm. that no one's used that feeling can't be replaced but there's another feeling which is having composed something that is dope yeah. yourself and even though you can't play that great having someone else play it mm-hmm. and bring it to life and then you use that that shit is next level yeah like I, one of my goals is to have a record like your adventures like you know ill poetics um idiot's guide to anarchy Cause that's what, that's what you guys took instruments, you know, people that played instruments, brought them in, wrote yeah. melodies and created probably two of my favorite albums, you know what I'm saying? Like by anybody that I know. Um, 
and I, I, I want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I've, that's yeah. something that I've always wanted to do because I'm sure the feeling of listening to it back and yeah. knowing that you created, you know, 95, 99% of everything on there, even though you didn't play it, you wrote mm -hmm. the songs, you wrote the melodies, you know, you, oh, I, I need a guitarist to play this. I'm going to call my boy. I need, you know, picking out those instruments that's going to make this beat fire. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's a whole nother you know, feeling within itself, you know, it's just like you said, the hunt with the samples, you know what I'm saying? The, the surprise even, yes. you know, listening to records and hearing certain things or finding samples by, you know, some of your favorite producers, finding samples. Shoot. Like I've, I've posted things that I found that you sample, yep. you know what I'm saying? For records of mine, mm -hmm. just digging. And, and that, that is a feeling that can't be beat either. So, Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be a balance, man. At some point, you know, we got to get to the point where we got some balance in there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of upset that this is coming <laughs> down the pike like it is. But, you know, it makes us it's going to make us be more creative. You yes. know what I'm saying? It's going to yes. make us be more creative. It's going to probably, you know, make us create some ill processes and some dope, dope music down the line. So, you know, upset, but excited at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. That's number five. Number six way to avoid problems coming down a pike is to study audio engineering. By this, I don't mean you got to go to school for audio engineering. What I do think you need to do is that if you're a guy who likes sampling, you need to understand why those records sound the way they do. What is it about the sound sonically? on those older records that draws you to it because they certainly sound completely different than the records you hear made today. What was, ge what gear was used? What, how, what is it about it? Is, are they using reverbs, delays? Is it saturated? Well, how can I emulate that from an engineering standpoint? How could I create something that's not sampled and give it the feel of a sample? You got to take some time and really look at, older records and spend a lot of time like okay trying to emulate that mm -hmm. trial and error do it over and over again i'm at that point now where i'm kind of getting there where like i can make samples that i would sample and use i can make compositions but it's when i say we started back before adventures this is a 10 12 year journey to get to where and the technology starts catching up and then, you know, my composition starts catching up and it's certain things got to fall in line. But when you understand the engineering behind these things that you want to sample, you then will develop the ear to create them yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you may not be able to do that, but if you can't, then it's okay to bring someone else in who does. Thanks. You know, uh, that's number six. Number seven way to get around this. And we just talked about it. Make your own samples. Mm -hmm. I've been working on this since like 2020. I think 2020, 2021, since the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to learn how to make a sample or something that I would sample. And, yeah. you know, I, I haven't put out anything yet, but I have little random things I'll send to a logic every now and yeah. again or superstition. Like, yo, what you think of this? And it'll just be a sample. I was like, damn, when you going to put this shit out? Motherfucker, stop playing. I done like, made a couple beats. Yeah. Oh, like I, <laughs> right, right. Logic's about to make an album off this shit. 
I'm still over here like, damn, is it good enough to use? Um, yeah, motherfucker, people have to put out records with it. What's wrong with you? You know, but uh, it's something that I've I've gained like a passion for simply because of the need that arose after getting sued. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> after getting caught with some samples out there and not getting sued, but kind of getting, you know, a slap yeah. on the wrist type joint. That cease and desist. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, man, you know what? Let me, let me uh <laughs> make a little sample. Let me learn how to do this real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me learn how to do this. And uh it's not an overnight thing, but I think if you put the same level of work into that as you do uh making beats, you will have two really important skills being developed at the same time. Yeah. Making beats is a very valuable skill. Music reduction is. I'm saying that, you know, in concert with that, at the same time, start learning about how to engineer, how to create, how to write your own compositions and how to make them sound like the records that you would sample. Yeah. That eventually gets you around this whole thing. You ain't got You don't need no sample packs no more. You are the sample pack. You know what I mean? You don't need to go looking for the 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 style of stuff you want to sample. You got it in your head. You understand it from a composition standpoint. You understand it from an engineering standpoint. At that point, you can make as much of it as you want to. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just finding right now because I have a little music background. So I understand key. I understand notes. I understand mm-hmm. those kind of things. And a lot of times I just stumble on stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times I'll just turn on a VST, you know, here, start with a, a foundation of piano, then add other stuff to it, make sure it's in the right key and see if I can come up with something that I want to sample that mm-hmm. I want to, or that I want to loop because I'm creating it. You know what yeah. I mean? And you know, if you're not, if you don't know how to play, you don't necessarily need to know how to play to come up with shit. Mm-mm. You know, you can always just play around now learning how to play will make it easier and it'll be yeah. a less painful process. But if you have a keyboard, if you have, you know, a, even uh, an MPC or whatever, you can assign notes to pads and all that stuff and just kind of create, you know, your own sounds and your own, you know, um, melodies and stuff and and see what happens. Because if you've been making beats for a long time, it's in you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's it's in you to come up with melody because you've been listening to records for years, you know, or however long. Or you've just been listening to music for a long time. So it's in there. You know, you just never tapped into it because a lot of us rely on the records. Mm-hmm. A lot of us rely on the samples. So the fact that, you know, we have access to all these uh, dolls with VSTs and all this stuff, it's in you. You just got to, you know, tap into that and practice it. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's number seven, making on samples. Last bullet point of the evening. Use third party samples mm-hmm. basically do it legally within yeah. the constraints of, of what's going on now you got all these sites popping up where you can actually legally they have catalogs of things that you can sample that you don't have to worry about sample clearance publishing none of that stuff being sued now while it isn't as fun as digging in the crates finding your own shit and it isn't as exclusive as that might feel. It's a hell of a lot safer legally. Mm-hmm. And that is the appeal of it to me. It would be that, hey, regardless of the sample source, a dope producer is going to make a dope beat. Right. 
You give him something dope, he'll make it. And some people don't want to deal with that headache of maybe you put something out and it's starting to bubble and then it comes out and then you got to fucking pull the record. You got a lawsuit pending because of this shit. Like I I, I watched the interview with a uh, prize from Fuji's last night and he was talking about ready or not. Mm. And he said, uh, he said they didn't clear the sample to ready or not. He said it was like a, some sample. He's like, he didn't uh, do that. So why didn't you? He was like, it was my fault. I told him not to. I thought we could get away with it because she was from Aust- the artist was from Australia or whatever. Mm. He said, then I realized she's the number one artist in Australia. <laughs> He's like, what was I thinking? Right. He said that cost us $3 million. They was going to pull Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And I think also in a situation like that, you don't know, like, you don't know if a record is going to pop. Like, you, right. you know that your sh- you think your shit is dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't see why it wouldn't go number one. Yeah. But you don't necessarily like think 10 everything. diamond. Right. Yeah. You're not going <laughs> to, you know, you ain't thinking like, oh yeah, she's a number, she's an artist in Australia. Well, I ain't, I ain't going to reach over there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's going to be some US stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Fuji's is one of the most well-known groups in the world. Yes. 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 You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you got to clear that shit. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. and this was pre-internet, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think cats was looking at foreign records back then. Like, Oh, we can get away with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, not if it's a popular in general, this is so connected right now that that's even more difficult now. Right. You know? So, uh, but yeah, the, a, a way around that is to, to do it legally, use sample sources that are, that do the hard work before you even get there. You yep. know, splice to uh, what's the other one? There's another one I'm going blank on. There's a couple big spots that do that. You know, you got mm-hmm. drum broker, you got all these people selling uh, sample packs and things of that nature. All you have to do in those situations, you can probably get clearance and permission yourself on some of those mm-hmm. sites. Yep. And and that beats having to worry about it later on if you don't want to go that route or if you ain't got the time. So whatever you choose to do, you know, I think it's the right move as long as you are proactive about it. You know, um, we the thing that we did not tell y'all to do is just hide under the bed and hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Not smart. Hope the boogeyman go away. Right. (laughs) Nah, boogeyman getting bigger. Right, right. The longer you stand in that bed, the bigger you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, we're not going to tell y'all to do nothing like that. You know, certain things we did at certain points in our career, we didn't never thought it came to this. Nah. You, I mean, I've been putting up records since 99. Yeah. It's 24 years. Yeah. A lot of that is, is, has changed. A lot of things have changed in that time, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to take a more proactive approach. And I'll never tell somebody not to sample. You take your risks. You know, there's a risk based on your size and you don't want this shit to paralyze you from making good music i said worry about making good music first right and then you know make sure you have some strategies in place so if something does pop you might have alternate version of it you might have this you might have that you you never know yeah um but be proactive and i hope this has helped somebody out there who's a producer or mc and you're thinking about this situation this shit isn't isn't at our it's not at our doorstep yet yeah but it's coming it's gonna come yeah we don't know when but you know you don't wait till it start raining to buy an umbrella facts and so uh i'm this episode is about uh 
you know, going to Walmart and getting an umbrella because you heard it was going to rain next week. Mm-hmm. Not because you out in the rain and you already wet. Right. So that's it for this week. Yeah. You know, the end of sampling. And uh, I hope this inspires somebody. We appreciate all of you guys' support. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. listening to super duty tough work subscribe to the podcast on itunes follow the podcast on soundcloud peace shoot i got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about i mean super duty tough work huh?